0: to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a phenomenal November so far. Can you believe I'm going to say this until the year is done on every single episode, but can you believe it's already November? My gosh, it really just blows me away how fast the year has blown by, and I'm even more excited for the new decade coming up with lots of lessons and stuff for the next few episodes. So stay tuned, but before we dive in, here is our amazing guest, Mr. Finn Kelly. So Finn is a serial entrepreneur and a leading expert on intentional living and financial happiness. He's on a mission to challenge the traditional views around money and its role in our lives. Through his global retreats and award-winning wealth enhancers community, Finn has guided hundreds of thousands of people into an intentional relationship with money, helping them feel happier, freer, and more abundant with what they already have. You know, Finn, his view on money is beyond refreshing and inspiring. And I think it all comes back down to his idea that money is more about your values than it is about value and financial freedom is just a mental construct, and true success is far more multifaceted than the figures on a balance sheet. And to me, this entire episode was actually one of my favorites to record this year, not only because Finn is an extremely down-to-earth human being who is constantly up-leveling his own relationship with wealth, his own relationship with the people in his life, and really sort of defining what wealth even means, but I just thought that, you know, especially going into the new decade, if you're working on your goals, if you're trying to create more financial abundance in your life, I think that this episode will give you a very grounding sense of what money can mean and what a good relationship with money even looks like. You know, So to me, Finn's perspectives go well beyond how do you make money. It's the what and the why and the actual energy of money. And we go a lot deeper in this episode on just discussing every element of financial happiness and how you can remove the blocks in your own life so that you can allow that abundance to flow more freely. So hope you guys are super excited for this episode. I sure as hell was recording it. Finn is a phenomenal entrepreneur and a friend, and so I hope you guys enjoy this deep dive conversation with the man himself. But if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time we launch a new episode, it falls straight into your phone. And so you can be in the know on all the amazing new perspectives and concepts that we're sharing through the podcast. If you haven't already also joined the Stay Grounded community, go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. I am constantly creating new content, fresh perspectives, and even going deeper and bringing on guests to share their perspectives in the group. So if you haven't already joined in there, we have a lot of amazing things coming into December and into the new year. You don't want to miss it. So, but anyways, guys, hope you guys enjoy this one. This one was very near and dear to my heart, uh, especially around the concept of money, because that is something that I've constantly and consistently been challenging in my own life. So hope you guys enjoy this episode and I hope you guys take something from it. But without further ado, here is the amazing Mr. Finn Kelly. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everyone here is having a phenomenal day so far. I'm super excited to be sitting across
1: the one and only Mr. Finn Kelly. How are you, brother? Great, Raj. It's so much fun to be here. I love the word stay grounded. It's one of the most powerful words I use. Be grounded. It is something
0: that the meaning of that has evolved along the years for me, for sure. Different seasons of life, but it's always been something that's been sort of just a, a foundational piece for sure. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad to have you here, man. No, I was I was just talking to you about this earlier, but I was reading about a lot of things that you're up to, especially with with socially and the communities and kind of different things you're up to and how you help people. And so I, I can't I can't wait, man. I can't wait to dive in.
1: Sometimes I get surprised about the things I'm up to. I forget about different things. So it'll be interesting to see what you've discovered.
0: Well, I want to start with wealth enhancers because that's really your biggest legacy in my mind. I mean, you've helped so many people. And so I'm curious in general, you know, there's a quote on your site that says, we look at money not as an end, but a means to create a life full of purpose and happiness. Can you define what purpose means to you?
1: The purpose for me is the North Star of why you're here. In this world at this particular time. It's your guiding principle and it's why you get out of bed every single day. So my purpose is to be intentional and live in the now so that I and others become more awakened. And it's almost like I always think about it is what is my contribution to the world? And then what's the impact of that contribution? So if I'm more intentional and live in the now, the impact will be that others will become more awakened because of it. Do you think that People have trouble living in the
0: now and being purpose-driven and staying in that if money's not an issue?
1: So I see money as one of these things which pulls people out of the present moment, out of the now. So you think of basically the future and the past is where all suffering occurs. It's where we get into this incessant thinking mode. And if there's ever a thing which can pull us out of the now, it's money because so often we go into a place of lacking And we think we need more or or we say, I'll be happy once I get this or once I achieve this. And the whole concept of financial freedom is a mental construct. You don't need a large amount of money to be financially free. You could be financially free with no money right now if you were stopping the limitations of money onto your life. And there's a lot of 100 millionaires, billionaires who aren't financially free because they're always thinking about finances. So
0: let me talk to you. I guess that's a beautiful concept. So it doesn't sound like you need money to be financially free.
1: No, you don't. And it definitely helps. Like it helps like I'm not saying money's bad and I believe in in creating money, but if we keep saying that I'll be happy when or I'll feel free when I have this, we're always be putting ourselves in a future moment. And if we put ourselves in future moments, once we get to that moment, which the future is always in the now, we get to there. There'll be something else. There'll be another reason why we can't have it. So we've got to really get into a place where we're feeling grounded and in a place of wholeness right now and understand that the life that we may desire, it all comes from taking action right now. So for example, if you want to have a large amount of money, there's no point thinking about it in the future. Just take little actions now. It's tiny little behaviors in the now, which will end up in the future, which is always the now. This is the confusing thing where you will then suddenly have a large abundance of wealth. It's not about these these big actions. It's these tiny little behavioral
0: changes right now. So it's almost like cultivating an attitude of abundance now creates the, almost like the actions or the habits. You almost like change your identity. Like I am abundant now. Therefore, I'm going to act like I'm abundant now. I'm going to do the things that abundant people do now, whether it's save or make small decisions here and there. And then that incrementally builds up into whatever you might want in the future, which is ultimately experience because you're being who you want to be right now.
1: Spot on, Raj. Yeah, that's 100%. So I teach people how to manifest and create whatever life they want. And there's a few key steps. And one of them is you need to, when you're in this visioning, so we we have this vision for what we want. If you don't believe that it's happening and you actually can have it, it doesn't matter what you put out there you can't trick the body and the subconscious knows that you don't believe this. So you attract the opposite. And that's why there's so many people who have followed like the things, it's like the secret. And they're like, why, why isn't this working? I'm like, I'm saying I want these things it's because they don't believe it internally. So we need to get to a, get to a place where we actually believe it now. And then when you believe it, that when you, when we've created that, you will then start taking the action required. So exactly what you said, you'll, act. Well, what, what would someone who has an abundance of wealth do? Well, they wouldn't spend above their means. They would spend within their means. So then throughout the day, you'd start acting like that way. You'd be looking for opportunities. You'd be open. You wouldn't be fearful. You, If an opportunity came, you'd be like, oh, this is exactly how I create abundance. Not thinking the other way. Oh, I don't know if this will work and be in a scarcity mindset. So there's a few key parts in the manifestation process, which a lot of people forget about. And it's that feeling and then acting as well.
0: I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds so common. Like it sounds so easy to understand. Why do you think that these concepts or principles aren't necessarily widely adopted?
1: So I actually believe people are fearful of being in a place where they know that they are fully responsible for everything that occurs in their life. Now, just think about that. If we know that we can create and manifest whatever happens, that means we also have to accept that everything challenging or negatively that's occurred in our life is because of us. It's because of our thought processes, our subconscious connection. Now, that's really hard because then, when something's really bad, we have to accept that what, like, I caused that marriage breakup, or I caused that caused that business failure, or I caused the challenging childhood i had with my parents it's a lot easier just going oh that's some i have no choice that's someone else's responsibility so there's a great power what comes with knowing you can create but then there's the shadow side of it as well let's talk about the shadow
0: because i think a lot of people struggle with the shadow Mm -hmm. because you've helped a lot of people and you've helped them sort of work through this very concept of going from that scarcity mindset to a very abundant mindset how do you explain to somebody or get them comfortable with the idea of sort of embracing and taking responsibility for the shadow that might be keeping them stuck?
1: So there's a process which we go through and I've actually been certified by this incredible psychologist, leader, thought provoker, John Ruskin. And his book is Emotional Clearing. And we go through this emotional clearing certification. And it's all about understanding that we are, every action that we take is or every challenge we have is due to suppressed feelings, suppressed emotions, and we need to clear them. And if we don't clear them, we just keep playing out certain patterns in our life. And there's four steps, key steps there. So the first step is awareness. You need to have awareness of that there's a there is a feeling associated with it, with something going on. So every time something occurs, we can check in with our body and go, well, what what's the feeling there? Is it in a particular chakra? What's coming up? So first is awareness, and that's one of our key roles at Wealth is we just try to make people aware that there's a different way of thinking or you may have these challenges right. or yeah. particular areas. Then we have to go into acceptance, and we need to accept this feeling and accept this situation and take full responsibility for it. We can't blame anyone else. It's just This is where we're at. Now, depending on what people believe, like this could be not even from this current lifetime. This could be from karmic energy from other lifetimes. We just need to accept that this is ours to process. And that's the bit which people really resist. Because to accept, that means we have to take full ownership and we need to know that, wow, this was my doing. I actually got myself into this situation. I think from a young age, we love to blame. We push it off to other people. We hear everyone else always blaming, why am I in this situation? of the government, the society, our family, we're used to blaming. So that's the step which we spend most time working on. Then the third is direct experience, which is like getting with that feeling and exploring how is this affecting you, almost being the witness to it. And then the fourth is transformation, where we put it out to our guides or our subconscious and allow transformation to occur and let these feelings come up. So that's sort of the process which I do a lot, and I do this regularly throughout every day. I observe and I go, oh, what's, what's happening to me right now? a feeling of just tightness in my solar plexus. Okay, well, let's go through those steps. And by doing that, you just come clearer and clearer, and it comes this beautiful process. And grounding is one of the tools I use to help me be in a position where I can feel these feelings come out. You know, it's really interesting. I've
0: been doing a lot of work very similar to that, just in in general and i don't even know if i've picked it up from any one teacher but i think the best way it was explained to me was your subconscious mind has infinitely more power than your conscious mind right mm-hmm. i mean your conscious mind maybe has like a couple percentage of the overall power that your mind actually has and a majority of your subconscious beliefs are created when you're children you know and you're children and it's created through a lens that is based on survival And being accepted by the tribe as opposed to something that is very consciously intelligent, which is what we develop over time. And so if you start to, and it makes perfect sense, if you start to have these conscious dreams, I want more money, I want these things, I want a better relationship, I want something better for my life. But subconsciously, you've got stories that keep you stuck in some sort of loop, Mm -hmm. you're always going to be losing what you consciously want just doesn't line up with what you subconsciously need or you think you need to survive. I hate that this isn't taught in schools, to be honest. Like it drives me Uh nuts that emotional intelligence, that becoming aware, practices of developing self-awareness, like drives me nuts that this isn't taught in schools. I
1: do. And it's interesting. Like there are some, I'm seeing there's some very conscious parents now. Like I'm in this incredible organization called Entrepreneurs Organization. It's the largest, peer-to-peer group of entrepreneurs in the world. It's amazing. And I see my, some of my friends, because I, I teach them a lot of these things, they're being very conscious parents now. And these like kids who are being brought up with these parents, they're going to be superhumans because they're getting connected to this. It's something like, all right, a little bit of anxiety. Well, just put out your hands. Let's just breathe consciously. Let's uh, relax. Let's shake it out. And they're going to have an incredible force for good. I'm really excited.
0: I'm really interested to hear your perspective on this, Finn. So if I look at some of a lot of the success that I've experienced in my life, it was because I was playing from a place of fear, whether it was like, I really don't want this lifestyle. So I want to work really hard to do this. I really want to be loved by this person. So I need to have this or, and that always drove me, right? It's interesting because I I agree with you. I think that consciousness as in general, right? I mean, kids are becoming much more aware, much more conscious, much more connected and, and, are, and parenting in, in general are actually teaching kids how to be more just connected and sure of themselves. What do you think is going to be the difference? When you say these kids are going to be a force for good, what do you think conscious parenting is going to allow kids to experience over the next several decades?
1: So I love that question. And I'll start with that. your comment about a lot of my success came from this fear place and, and this driving. And I completely relate with that as well. I was the same situation and I almost loved my challenging upbringing story because it drove me. The challenge was though, is the definition of success. We were moving towards something which our society in its current form was defining as successful, but is that really successful? Like, Is creating companies, scaling them, making money, doing these different degrees, all these different things which we've both done, are they really successful? Like, is that success? And I think what's going to happen is we're going to change the definition, definition of success to be the place that we don't need a lot more. Like, a lot isn't better. It's going to be about this idea of connection. How can we all come together, live in a great environment, get more connected to the earth? And I believe that will be the next evolution of mankind when we start realizing, okay, the drivers aren't working for us. The modern day capitalist society, it's not relevant to us anymore. We should be coming together and ultimately just loving each other more. I really think that's the the, the next evolution.
0: Yeah, and that's shown through business even. You know, I mean, if you look at millennials, mm-hmm. I mean, we support. I think I read some crazy statistic today. One out of three millennials will actually purchase a product that has some sort of a social good component tied to it whatever's net positive, net positive is becoming the new, like attractive, even marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a beautiful place to be. I'm curious, back, back to your, your story, I guess, you know, what brought you on this journey? Like, how did you get started with even wanting to help people experience, I guess, a different dimension of, of education around wealth and finance and using it as a vehicle to live a fulfilling life?
1: So I think it was just coming from my own lacking. I just was feeling like there was more, there was something like more that we needed. And it wasn't about more of like financial resources. It was more about how do we get connected to ourself? And I looked at the different areas in life, which were taking people away from themselves. And money is one of those areas. It's so easily quantifiable and, that's why it's used as a reference point so much. It's like I always talk about this statement that we need to be considering ourselves, measuring ourselves by our net wealth, not our net worth. So our net worth is just our financial balance sheet. It's our assets minus liabilities. If we have $2 million this year and the previous year we had $1.5 million, we go, oh, that was a great year when we feel really good about ourselves. The problem is it's just one variable where our net wealth is more about or well, what about our health? What about our relationships? What about our quality of networks, our education, our freedom, time, all these different areas? And money is just one variable there. Suddenly, if we start measuring ourselves by that process, uh, our net wealth, we may start looking at and going, wow, yes, my business or my income has gone up there, but I've jeopardized so much in other areas. Was it worth it? Because sometimes money, you have Challenging times, like if we 're an entrepreneur, sometimes businesses just go under, and if you 've defined all your success related to your monetary assets, what happens when that money disappears and money can disappear at a stroke of a keystroke Yeah. so by having this other reference point, you can go, yes, I've lost a lot of money here, but wow, i'm actually in a really, really great place, and I'm okay, and that can stop you from getting into those spiraling depressions so that's really why i've just seen money as an excuse of why I can't do something. Why we have fights in relationships. Why I'm unhappy. And I was like, well, I want to find a way to take money out of the equation because I I believe money is actually incredible. There's a reason why we've created money. It has made everything a lot easier. It's connected us and eventually there will be this. It's almost like the currency of consciousness. It, It enables us to create. And because of this, I can create this and we can connect this. And it's all the money is a thread that ties everything together. So money isn't good or bad. It's our relationship with money, which is good or bad.
0: Mm. So what is an ideal relationship with money?
1: One where you respect it. You realize that money is more about values rather than value. So what I mean there is, is that ultimately our happiness depends on are we living a life in line with our purpose and values. So we should be allocating our monetary assets to what we value as well. So if we value health and we're not spending any money on health, but we're spending all this money on Michelin star restaurants and fine wine and everything, then there's there's misalignment with our values. So one is just that respect, seeing that where we our money goes is what we value and what's important to us. And making sure that we have a place of abundance and realize that more money isn't going to make us happier. It's our relationship with it. And I always say, if you live within your means and invest, then you're always going to have a positive relationship with money because it's just always going to build.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You said earlier, you know, wealth creation over network or net wealth, not, not network, right? Yeah. I think what I've seen at least, and maybe you can help comment on this, is that most people don't really know how to envision what's possible for their lives, right? Like if you ask somebody, what do you want out of your life? Someone might say, I want a million dollars, but they don't really like, they don't really think about what they want in every part of their life. And if you open that question up to them, that's actually a bit overwhelming and intimidating. Mm -hmm. So how do you sort of help individuals dream Do you have a a way that you encourage people who haven't really practiced that muscle of visualizing or dreaming or what's even possible when they may not even know what's possible?
1: It's super challenging with the dreaming side of things because people do get overwhelmed. Suddenly they're like, what, I'm allowed to think? I'm allowed to think big? Because from a young age, we're often suppressed. We're like, oh, no, you can't do that. You've got to go down this path. You've got to get this education to be able to go on that career path the so one thing which i love to do is get people to do a exercise where they just pick any date in the future and they just write for 10 minutes just like streamless conscious like where they're just like they're not thinking they're just writing and like describe your perfect day and what actually comes up for them and what that does is it stops people from putting down things which they think they would love they actually write down what they really enjoy and it's like um wake up, I'm having a cup of coffee with my loved one and watching the sunrise, sitting on a beach, all these different things Or I've helped people. And out of that helps them create almost a vision of what they like to be like. And then that starts a conversation. Mm. So starting the conversation, it's, it's
0: almost like putting yourself, taking yourself out of your current body. It's almost like you're putting
1: yourself in like a, a movie or something, right? Exactly. And saying that there's no constraints. Anything's possible and do it a time far out enough where they, they can believe it's possible. So it could be sort of 10, 20 years and getting them to do it and just go like, just describe it. So you get, have, have fun with it, have play. And it's something you build over time. Let
0: me ask you something. So you work primarily with millennials, right? I'm curious cause I'm thinking about like my, I'm just thinking about my parents right now. I don't know why they just popped up in my head, but I'm thinking about my parents, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, my parents never grew up with any of these types of mindsets, anything like they weren't taught this anywhere. And and you know, I'm thinking about going to them and saying, Hey, dad, why don't you visualize in 15, 20 years, how your life is going to be like to them? They're probably playing from a place of fear. Like, oh, in 15, 20 years, I want to be too old to enjoy my life. How would you approach the conversation with them? to make this a fun and creative and loving exercise, because it is supposed to be loving. It sounds like it's supposed to be something Mm -hmm. that's very nurturing. How would you approach this Mm -hmm. for somebody who is in that space
1: where when they think about time, they feel like they're running out of it? So what's interesting is the current generation, that parent's generation, that 50, 60 year So I almost see them as millennials again, because they're realizing that this construct that they had that old age was like 55, 60, and they were going to retire and they were going to run out of time, it's suddenly shifting. They're like, wow, I've got a whole nother adult lifetime ahead of me. Like they're they're not old. They're actually quite healthy. They're quite young. And they're like, all right, what do I need to do? So I see that there's going to be this incredible connection between that generation and the millennial generation, and we can learn a lot from each other. And just start saying like, well, what is possible? Like what could happen? And almost creating it like a family side of things and saying like this is a chance to redesign our future for our family. My mum and I have had a challenging relationship over the years and we've we've now committed to play the long game and we're doing like an annual trip together each year and rather feeling like I need to be with her all the time, I'm just like let's just do an annual trip let's just see how it could improve every year. And actually we had this conversation. Let's have a goal that on whenever she passes in very far away that we remember only really, really great things like the, the childhood, that could actually be completely forgotten about because we've had this whole nother adult lifetime again. But I feel like so often we want to hang on to stories. We're not willing to play the long game. That stops us from really making the steps required to to recreate our life.
0: Why do you think people are so interested in holding on to stories?
1: Because I feel like it's part of us, and they—if we let go of them, who are we? That's probably the biggest thing. We believe we are our stories, so to let go of that means to let go of who we think we are. So that's the key to actually discover who we really are—is to let go of all those stories. Yeah, it's almost. I know this personally, like I, if I let go of some of these stories and like forgive or let go of these things, it was almost like I thought I was dishonoring my younger self. And it was like, well, but I went through so much suffering and so much pain. And if I now I'm just willing to let go of that, what a waste of time. Like that's, that's the story I was telling myself. Then I just had to look at myself and go, well, what is it that I really want is happiness. So why am I hanging on to those stories? Like you just completely let go of them. And the incredible thing, this is the power of living in the now because the past is only ever in the now. The past doesn't exist. We're sitting here right now and it's the story that is hurting us in the present moment. So what I noticed was when I started just forgiving and letting go of these stories, my past actually changed while I was in the present moment. So my childhood now, I really only pretty much have fond memories of it. And it's really incredible. I'm like, wow, you can actually change your past by just being present and changing the story around it. You know, it's interesting. The subconscious
0: mind actually came aware of this very recently. It has no timeline. Because if you think about Mm -hmm. even when your beliefs are made or when these stories are created, right, Uh, they were created at some point in time. Some event happened, we viewed that event with some sort of lens or awareness of our life, like whatever we had at the moment, right? That created a belief, and we've carried that belief with us for the rest of our timelines. Like they've just been a part Mm -hmm. of our stories. So even then, if we start to think about it, like all of these stories, all these beliefs, whether they're in the future or in the past, they were created in a moment, in a present moment, right? A story was created in a present moment. And it's carried along horizontally. But I think you're right. I mean, if we start to, I think once you become aware of that, then it's like, oh, wow. So that story created that entire lifetime of pain or suffering or, or, or relationships. What new story can I create now? I think of it this way, like you said you can lose money in a blink of an eye, right? You can also make money in the blink of an eye. Right. So for every yin, there's that yang. It's, it's the exact opposite. And I think most people just feel like you said it earlier, you know, with all these stories in order to get
1: over this, it must be just as big of a story. But really, it's just surrender and letting go. It's incredible. And I often when I do this emotional clearing with people, I sit down and go, do you want to clear this whole 30 years of life right now? Because we can. Like we really can. If we're really intentional about it, we can just let go a whole story by just allowing the feelings to come up, not judging them, not trying to understand them, and just let them go. And it's, it's incredibly liberating. This is where I'm like, if only people knew this, and this is one of my, my most challenging moments for myself and something I have to regularly keep letting go, is when I just see people in these pattern loops, there's just this horrible Painful loops. And I'm just like, if only you're just willing to just commit to this. It could be 30 minutes, one hour, and you can just change. And that's why I love breath work so much. I guide breath work because breath work gives people this moment where they t- get out of their heads and they're truly in the body and there's no reference to explain it. So we've got so addicted to the left side thinking brain where it's like, we've got to analyze this. Tell me the science of how this works. And we're constantly rationalizing because we feel like that's where all our intelligence is. But all our intelligence is in our right side feeling body, in our subconscious. And if we can just get people to find a way to connect to that, get out of their incessant thinking for a bit of time, suddenly they're like, wow. So like last week, I ran a retreat with a group of entrepreneurs and I just put them into this breathwork experience. And I never tell them how long I'm getting them to hold their breath or anything. After they have had this experience, I'm like, well, how long do you think you held your breath? And they're like, oh, well, I know I can't do it longer than 30 seconds. And then another person was like a minute. And it was four minutes, 30 seconds. And you just see they're just like jaw drop. And they're just like, what? Like, I just don't understand this. It's, It's not possible. And I went, yes, you don't understand it. So what else don't you understand? There's other things maybe we don't need to understand. Let's just let them go. Holy shit, dude. That was so good. I, I, I feel that like that's, that's a beautiful
0: reframe. I love that so much. So if you don't understand it's you just made people realize that you don't have to understand everything. That's the left side. You know, I I did a really interesting exercise with a a mentor of mine recently. It was a journaling exercise because I'm pretty left, left left-brained as well. I'm right-handed, so I think mm-hmm. right-handed people are left left brain. I think there's like some like there. But I was doing the journaling exercise. I journal a lot. And he told me, he's like, all right, Raj, with your right hand, write down, you know, what kind of an animal you think you are. And with my right hand, I was like, I'm a lion. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. You know, ego, ego, ego. Oh, you provide. You're this, you're that. You're macho, all that, right? And he's like, okay, great. That's awesome. Now, answer the same question with your left hand. And I for cannot explain it for the God. I don't know why I wrote down that I was a dolphin.
1: I have no idea why. And
0: I, I, and then I just started writing it down. I was like, Why am I a dolphin? And I was like, Oh, because I'm playful. I'm mischievous. I love the water. I like to dance. You know, like boom, boom, boom. I'm intelligent. Like all these things started coming out. That, but it was one of those things where I couldn't understand it. But that didn't make it not real. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't understand where this was coming from. But it, it, it's amazing. That's dude. I. So tell me more about this breathwork. Is that like your calling now? Like, is that what you're really investing a lot of your time in?
1: Yeah, it's it's where I feel most alive. And it's it's just a tool for me. Where, what I'm really trying to do is just get people to just connect to themselves and just get to know themselves. And through that, you can heal and you can become happier, you can become more abundant, you can become more free. And is an incredible tool to be able to do that because it, it's so in a place where you just cannot understand and that's what we need to get people to get, to get them into. So for me, conscious breath is one of the most powerful spiritual practices you can do. So just having three conscious breaths so we could just do, do it right, it right now. Let's do so filling, filling up from the lower abdomen then expanding into the heart and then just letting the exhale out. So it's, an, it's an active inhale and a passive exhale. So. <sighs> Do one more. <sighs> okay. So talk to me about what you're feeling right now. I feel much more
0: full or peaceful. I don't I don't know if that's the word, but it's, exactly the it's, word. it's just feels full. Have you heard of Wim Hof?
1: Yeah, i d I've definitely you heard of Wim with-
0: Hof. I tried doing that. The closest thing I can remember this is I remember doing like a a meditation. We were meditating and the way he does it is you do your deep breaths, like, you know, like your deep breaths and then you hold it. And I remember after I did that, the the feeling that came up was like my, my head felt expanding. Like it felt very warm. Mm -hmm. And I feel that right now, like a very warm, like confidence. It's almost like a, I don't need to understand this, but I know what this is. It's
1: like, I've always known. So that's the key. That bit there is this knowing. So we're always trying to get evidence and we're trying to understand. We just know. Like that's how we operate. Like when people go, well, how, how do you know that? And it's like, because I know there's a source of intelligence in me, which is higher than any other person, higher than any smartest scientist out there or a PhD person. We all have this incredible intelligence within us. And the breath enables us to connect with our consciousness because it stops. When you breathe, you, know, you can't think. It's not possible to do it at the same time. So the breath just takes us out of the thinking mind, gets us connected to the body, and suddenly everything changes. And our Wim Hof is great, and all these different breath work constructors are great. We all have different techniques. But I really, truly believe the three conscious breaths is the most powerful thing because you don't need to know how to do it. We all know how to breathe, and we're just not conscious about it a lot of the time. And it's very quick and simple. It's, what did that take? It's 30 seconds. You could do that any time of the day to drop you back in. And what happens is we feel lighter. We feel annoying. We get out of his head. We feel calmer and something else happens as well. There was a connection between you and I then, Raj. Like what happens is like, it's almost like you drop down because it goes quieter and there's this silence, which then enables us to rise up and our vibrational frequency lifts. So. The other night I gave a keynote and I was talking about the hedonic treadmill and it was very high energy and I was talking about I was acting out like a we little hamsters on this hedonic treadmill always wanting more, more, more and I was like, all right, we've got to get off this hedonic treadmill. So to do that, we need to have three conscious breaths and I just said, okay, let's do it and three conscious breaths and the whole room just went dead silent and dead still and it was incredible. It was it was absolutely enlightening for me and everyone was like, wow, I've just. I know I don't need that. I don't have that desire anymore because we've got connected to the knowledge. So whenever you feel like you're challenged or you're stressed or you're worried or you there's an impulse, you're playing out some addictive like impulse, three breaths, even one conscious breath is powerful, but three is really incredible. You do three, it will just take you out and it'll drop you into the moment and you'll suddenly be back in a place where you can be aware and, and being Oh, dude, that's so beautiful. What does is,
0: what is that infinite knowing feel like? Like when you know, how do you differentiate between the knowing and the knowledge within your body and mm-hmm. what's up here? How do, you, how do you differentiate? I think that's a big, because I think most people don't listen to their bodies because they don't know what that voice feels like, or they're not mm-hmm. used to connecting with it. It's, it's, it's a different voice. So can you describe it?
1: So for me, it's, it's a calmness and it's stillness, and something comes up, and you're just like, huh. And there's this it's almost like there's this feeling of an expansion, and you're like, okay, I know this, and there's no thoughts going up. So we, we've got addicted to thinking that all creativity comes from our thoughts, but creativity comes from the stillness. It's the stillness. It's the pause. It's why So many people go, oh, all my great ideas come up in the shower or it's why I'm in nature. What it actually is, is, it's what's happened is we've stopped thinking and we're in a place where we're just being the witness. We're just being in our body and we're just feeling. And that's where the creativity comes. Now, thinking brain can still be powerful sometimes when we need to really analyze some details and we need to look at it. But just look at it and then drop down and go, all right, I'll leave that decision to the subconscious because that's the true intelligence. And we've all known it. We've all felt that feeling where love is often one of those places where we have that feeling where we we see someone and we're just like, wow, like I just feel this connection. I don't, I don't know why, but I just feel this connection. When we've had certain opportunities to make business decisions, the best ones have come where it's just like we need to do this. Like I'm sure there was a moment – you couldn't have understood why you started this podcast, but you just yeah. knew like, you were just like, I just need to do this. And you know, your work is powerful and you're not trying to work it out, but it, it just, it just happened. That's what we've got to get more connected with.
0: So <laughs> as you're saying this, I'm just continuing it. I feel like life is just about remembering. It's remembering that you've always had the answers that you've always known that, you know, even when we were kids, you know, we're all born, born with a, beautiful soul just came onto this planet and somewhere in the mess of being human, we adopted all of these different societal beliefs and fears and thought processes. Mm -hmm. And we just learned to dance. And I feel like once you start to realize you're on this dance, then the rest of life is just about going back to that pure place of constantly knowing that you've always had everything you've ever needed.
1: But on that beautiful Sufi, saying which is about like unlayering the thousand veils like that's our role on earth it, it is like we come in and we've got a thousand veils and as we grow and mature we've got to keep taking off those veils to get to ourselves yeah true self.
0: and it feels it's it's that's enlightenment right it's every time you remove mm-hmm. one veil you learn something now, i think that's why awareness is such a powerful practice even in general when you become aware of something you you're almost throwing away you become more free maybe more clear but that feeling is that just that remembering of who you've always been, and that goes back to love too. If you are who you've always been looking for, then self love is the most natural thing to embrace and embody in every moment. Dude, I love you. You're you're a freaking great man. You're you're I love you're, you too, Roger. you're, you're, you're a legend, brother. You're a legend. I got. I feel like I could take this in so many different directions, but I want you to maybe describe uh, wealth enhancers because I think that. This conversation, I love how, one, I just want to acknowledge just, I love how you infuse so much spirituality and even like awareness into a practice of building a holistic financial life. I mean, it really is. It's not, it's never, and even this whole conversation has become very clear that money is one of the many tools, but we have so many tools in front of us, whether it's the breath work to upgrade the way we feel. To intuitively connect mm-hmm. with always been there, to energy, to love. Like there's so many different forms of wealth. And I'm just very grateful that you've been able to so eloquently articulate the connection between all of those. So I just wanted to acknowledge that about you. Thank you. That Freaking a amazing, lot. man. So talk to us about wealth enhancers and anything else you got going on, because I, I think you might have a few people listening that may want to jump on jump on the board.
1: Awesome. So wealth enhancers, I like to describe it. As a financial happiness company for millennials. And we're really now focusing on millennial women even more. So we initially were millennials, but I believe the millennial women market are the most underserved market in the financial space. And if we can influence females and women, then they can influence families, they can influence communities, they influence businesses, and influence the world. Like we all have female leaders in all countries in the world, we would be a beautiful world. So uh, it's one of my. Things I'm very passionate about, and people might ask, Well, why is a guy doing that? And it's because we've been the ones who have been constraining women for a thousand years, and it needs to be some guys who actually come out there and say, We have unconscious blocks, we need to actually get rid of these constraints that we're putting on women and empower them. So that's something which I'm very passionate about. And what we do is we guide them to an intentional relationship with money, so they've come more abundant, more free, and happier. And really, I like to say awakened as well. When you become more awakened, that's what you actually get. You get abundance, freedom, and happiness. And it's a really cool experience. It's combining positive psychology, behavioral coaching, wealth management to have a better relationship with money and create more money as well. Like We're not against creating more money. When you create more money, you can do a lot of great things with it. But it's not the main focus, as you'll see, that a lot of that is spiritual connection.
0: Do you think they're removing, I guess, masculine and feminine energy in general? I mean, everybody has it, right? And we need both of them. We do. We do. Uh, When you become aware, I guess, what role does both of these energetic forces play in wealth creation?
1: So that's a really great question. I've never had that one. So probably the male energy is about seeing opportunities, being willing to sort of go into forefront. Areas that we haven't been before, and there's a lot of sort of drive and creation, sort of like clearing the way, and then the feminine energy is making sure that okay, keeping us grounded. So you think about masculine energy is coming down from the sun; that's where the masculine energy is. It's just always giving. It's like continuous. It's driving things. Then you've got this beautiful feminine energy from the earth, from Mother Earth, which is here at all time to take away any negativity, always supporting, never questioning, just always always providing. And I believe by having both of them in the financial space, you're able to make decisions to take risks and move forward. But at the same time, make sure that you're always looking after yourself and you're not you're not getting ahead of yourself and not taking undue risks, which are gonna really have catastrophic events. And that's why in companies where you can have like male leaders, female leaders all working together, it works really, really well. And it's funny with the feminine energy, I think over long term feminine energy works better with investing, which is quite interesting because where investing goes wrong is when you actually take two big risks and you jeopardize everything. And that's the masculine energy and female investors who have been educated and empowered achieve a lot better results than males. And that's something which I really want to let females know is that like, you guys have this in you better than us. Like we just need to empower you and show you because the common challenge with millennial women is they are not empowered. They don't feel like they know what to do. And they're always questioning, are they doing the right thing? So that's a big thing that we do at Wealth Enhancers is empower them and let them know that they're, they're doing the right thing and to, to sort of block out everyone Dude, you're else. A freaking rock star.
0: Like, I can't wait to, I just want to tell everyone about this. This is awesome. I love the initiative and I love that, that contrast. You're so right. The balance of the, the masculine sort of forward, like just almost like a juggernaut type movement with the grounding force of, 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 you know, connecting back to what's always been and, and, and what's really important. Uh, gosh, that, like it sends shivers down my spine. So, dude, thank you so much. Finn, I got one last question for you, brother. In the midst of everything you've experienced in your life, everywhere you're going and everywhere you've come from, how do you stay grounded?
1: Oh, I have a really dedicated practice to this. So I say grounding is probably the most important thing we can do. After breath work, breathing, we need to breathe first, but grounding is what enables us to get connected to the body. So I do a few things. I always go out every day and just put my feet in the earth. Like it's so powerful just getting your feet in the earth. Ideally, I can lie down on some grass and look up at trees. And whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, that's the first thing I do. And I just go and it's like earth, mother, earth just goes wolf. I'll take away all this negativity from you. And sometimes I have these like micro little power naps. It could be like 10 seconds because it's like I've just taken everything out of me and then I'm recharged and I'm like, wow. So whenever I fly now, that's the first thing I do. When I land, I get off the plane and I just get grounded because flying is a very ungrounded practice. I breathe. I get a lot of sun. I spend a lot of time in nature and I'm a dedicated meditator as well. They're probably my most powerful
0: practices. Dude, I love it. Well, man... And I I said, brother, I really appreciate, I just appreciate how you, how you look at the world. I think, I think you're going to do a lot of good and I am very, 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 you know, you're already doing a lot of good, but I just, I'm really excited to watch the journey, man. It's, it's, it's been a privilege getting to hang out with you and get to know you over the last hour. So.
1: Thanks, Raj. Same with you. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you better and you already are doing incredible work. And I think the thing is with groundedness as well is being around really great people who will humble you, who will let you know so like with EO Entrepreneurs Organization like I have people who will keep me grounded because sometimes I can float a little bit and I need to be pulled back down. So it's all about who we surround ourselves with.
0: 100% man. 100%. Well, brother, again, I just want to thank you, but that is a wrap everybody for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host Raj. This is your new friend Finn. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life.